0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Tuesday, February 9th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'm joined by my co-host here on Tuesday morning, Mr. Cole Sheldon. Cole, how's it going, man? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm good, Cole. I'm good. We got a pretty solid card this weekend. Uh, obviously, we had one this past Saturday. Uh, you were in the chat yesterday. A lot of people were yesterday. It was awesome. I love that. Marcel was here with us yesterday. Um, I'm hoping he can drop by the chat today as well. And uh, it was all good fun, but we had a little bit of a uh, discussion about uh, the title shot at Bantamweight yesterday. Um, most of the show is going to be about UFC 258 and breaking it down. But out of respect the Cole, Cole, I don't respect you, Cole, because you've been here a long time, I've been over here over a year now. I want to give you a chance to rebut what Marcel is saying, just out of respect to you and to him. Basically, Marcel's argument is that TJ Delshot does not deserve a title shot. He has no business being in that conversation. And I agree with Marcel on that. I think Corey Sandhagen deserves it more. Cole was in the chat saying he thinks TJ is going to get it. He also, I believe, thinks TJ deserves it more. I would just like to hear Cole's thoughts on this. you got to give you some the the floor here, Cole. So go ahead, man. The floor is yours.
1: So Dillashaw, fair to say, bigger name than Sandhagen. Like, no question. UFC's a business. Dillashaw does more money, does more pay-per-views. That's reason number one. Number two is he technically never lost the bantamweight title. Like he did not lose it inside the cage. And the UFC likes Tillichard. Like he's headline pay-per-views. He's a guy that I think like he tried to go down to flyweight. Obviously, he didn't go his way. He got knocked out flyweight, but I don't really think he can say, oh, he lost his last fight because that was at 125 pounds. He had no business even being there. Mm-hmm. He's still one of the best bantamweight. Like people consider him the best bantamweight of all time. Like it's him, Cruz. Like those are kind of the two everyone mentions. And if Aljo, if Aljamain beats Peter Yan, like this is what I don't get. Marcel says he wants to see the rematch. The UFC doesn't book rematches really, a year apart, when someone lost in 88 seconds. Like it was not a close fight. Aljamain just took him down, and submitted him early. I think if Peter Yan wins, then maybe Sant Hagen gets it because it's a two strikers going at it. But if Sterling gets it, I can't see them doing the rematch, especially because I don't think. Uh, sterling sanhagen i don't really think the ufc is too high on sterling like they keep on trying to pass him over and if sterling wins like a sterling sanhagen rematch for the belt i don't really think it's a big fight i think the ufc would then do dillashaw or sanhagen took no damage in that if you really want to cement your case i'm not even saying dillashaw gets the next title shot but yan and sterling are fighting in march why not have sanhagen dillashaw in april winners fight each other like yep because I, I think if San Egan, especially if Aljo wins a two and two fight winning streak being Marais and Edgar, okay, good wins. But if he goes out and beat Dillashaw, then people will really forget about that loss, and they'll be like, "Oh, this is a changed fighter." I still think a lot of people, including myself, are like, "He lost in eighty-eight seconds. Like, how much can he really improve in two fights?"
0: No, I, I totally understand your point of view, Cole. It's it's fair. I mean, how often do we clamor for a guy who just lost last year to some someone to get a title shot next year against the next guy, the same guy? So. Really, it depends on what happens in that fight, Cole. I mean, if Yan wins, it could easily be Sanhagen. But if Sterling wins, you're right. I mean, they might not do that rematch. Um, I will say this, though. You know, to be fair to Sanhagen, he's stayed busy since then. Like, he got back in the cage right away. He's fought twice since last June when he lost Cole. So, you know, he's doing his best to like, get rid of that bad taste out of people's mouths. But there are the doubters, like yourself, Cole, who still want to see him do a little bit more, which I can understand. So I like the guy. I think he deserves it. But we'll see what happens. I just want to uh, let Cole get his thoughts because – you know, Marcel was uh, going after him quite hard there yesterday. He's riding him hard, as we like to say. Okay, so we'll talk about some other, like, news and stuff after the breakdowns, but I want to get to this podcast because we have quite a few fights to uh, discuss here today. So right now there are 13 fights at UFC 258. That's this Saturday at the Apex in Las Vegas. One fight, Andre Ewell and Chris Gutierrez, was announced yesterday. So we don't know the exact card placement, but Tapology just has it basically first. And, based, and also, that fight's at 140 pounds, Cole. That's a catchweight fight. It's a short-notice fight, which doesn't surprise either of us. I, I actually thought it'd probably be at 145. Like, if anything, 140 is, it's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's an extra five pounds these guys have to cut in short notice. So credit to them. Hopefully, they make weight. Uh, I'm just setting it up, Cole. So just give me your overall thoughts on this card, especially as a pay-per-view. What do you think of it as a pay-per-view?
1: Yeah, I think it is missing a... Big fight in the co-main, but I do like the main card a lot. Like I like Usman Burns, I like Barbara Grosso. I think Heinrich Gaslam, Muno Rivera is a really good fights. I know Marquez Patolo is not the biggest fight, but that's like a perfect fight to open up a main card. Or when I was talking to Marquez, he basically said, "I want to either open up the main card or be the ESPN final fight to set up the pay-per-view," which is actually perfect placement for that card because someone's going to sleep in that fight and to get fans excited for the rest of the card. I think that's a perfect one jim miller bobby green like i think that's a really good fight but then there's some other fights i'm like not too interested in but we'll talk about but i think like i don't really understand the blah muhammad diego lima fight like that was a fight that blah lost his opponent, diego stepped in on short notice then after blah got COVID, i thought you'd get someone ranked or there's someone higher up and they still rebooked that fight but it's an okay card i still think it's missing that big fight with, which you can't really blame the UFC because they lost Weidman Hall like two weeks notice and how many big fights are going to step up on two weeks
0: yeah I agree with that completely um I think it's an okay card it just needs a big co event quite frankly And I, I don't even know if Weidman Hall was that fight I think that's a good fight but anyways I think it could have used like Yan and and Sterling but I think actually that was targeted for this card originally and Yan had some visa issues so that's what the UFC wanted to do okay so let's start with the first fight call and we'll work our way up again we don't know exact card place on this fight you will We'll start with it, anyways. And uh, right now, the odds—I got to be honest—they surprised me a little bit. They opened with uh, Gutierrez as the favorite. Right now, he's minus one seventy. You will plus one forty-five. What are your thoughts on this one, Cole? Because I know we talked a little yesterday. We kind of both thought Ewell actually be the favorite here. So, what, what's your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I was hoping Ewell's gonna be there because I actually like Chris Gutierrez in this fight. I, I don't—not too high on Andre Ewell. Like, I think he lost that Jonathan Martinez fight. Going to split there with Aaron Rivera. I don't think that was a split. I did think he won it, but the problem I have with Andre Ewell is. He's kind of like a one and a half round fighter. Like why he always loses decisions or goes to split is because he always loses the third round and the second half of the second round, which makes the fight so close. Like the first round, I th- I fully expect him to beat Chris Gutierrez. I expect him to use that region and just kind of pick Gutierrez apart. But once he gets starting to get tired, I just think Gutierrez is going to go to his wrestling, and that's why I loved Cody Stamen against Andre Bolt was I just expect like Stearns just blast those takedowns. Andre Gould just doesn't impress me enough with the takedown defense, and then when he gets down to the ground, like those is where he gets finished. Like Nathaniel Wood submitted him, Marlon Vera ground and pounded him out, and those are also third round uh, stoppages. When once he gets tired, where I wouldn't be surprised, Gutierrez eventually in that third round does end up finishing him because he does have some ground skills, and the leg kicks are going to be a big part of this fight for Gutierrez. Is leg kicks obviously a big part of his game, but especially slowing down Andre Gould because he's a movement guy. Like he likes using that footwork. If Gutierrez can attack that leg, it's going to slow rule it down. It's going to make the takedowns easier. I'll pick Chris Gutierrez by decision, but I wouldn't be surprised if he stops him in the third.
0: Yeah, this is a good fight. I like the matchup. Obviously, the short notice is, makes it really interesting. Uh, you know, these guys are both both the same range. I would say, you know, Ewell, he does have a winning record. I think it's four and three, but. If you look, man, it's kind of underwhelming. I mean, he's got three wins by split decision goal. you like, could have easily lost those fights. I think the Burrell fight should have been unanimous. But, like, the Jonathan Martinez fight, a lot of us thought he lost that fight. So this guy's got holes in his game. There's no doubt about it. The other thing is that worries me is he just had COVID. A lot of guys that have had COVID have lost. So I'm a little bit worried about that. But there is one huge advantage he has in this fight, Cole. He has an 8-inch reach advantage. 8 inches. That's freaking huge. It's 75 to 67-inch reach. And in a fight that takes place mostly on the feet, if I had to guess, I think that reach will be huge. Uh, Gutierrez is definitely a good fighter. He's very capable. We've seen his low kicks, especially. They're nasty. He's got okay wrestling, too. He's just he's a decent fighter. But I think Ewell's fought better competition overall. And I can't ignore that reach advantage. Like, that is huge. Eight inches. Are you kidding me? That's, that's something that I'm considering. I mean, at plus 145, with that kind of reach advantage, that's a guy that I'm looking at for a play here. So... I'm going to take a closer look at this fight at short notice so you know we didn't have a lot of time to prepare for this uh, particular fight but I like you as a dog here Cole I think he can win the decision um, I think it's going to be a close fight but like the 8 inch region advantage man I, I'll never go I'll never bet against that I don't think All right next up we have Julian Robertson against Miranda Maverick I like this fight quite a bit too uh right now we have Maverick is a minus 140 favorite Robertson plus 120 close odds Cole, who's your pick
1: Yeah this is an interesting fight I think Right when it got announced, I was really on Miranda Maverick. Cause looking a bit more, I see a path victory for Jillian Robertson, but I do have to stick with Miranda Maverick. Jillian Robertson, she's just too inconsistent for me. Like she's someone that I think could easily be a top ten women's fly, but then someone I think may not even be in the UFC. I know that when I talked to her, she mentioned this is the last fight on her deal. If she loses this, like would you be surprised? This someone in the UFC? Let's go! Like uh, she lost two of her, uh, she'd be on a two fight losing streak. Like she wouldn't be able to crack that top 15. I know she's still really young. She's only 25, which is really surprising given how long she's been in the UFC. But I just like Miranda Maverick a lot better striking wise. And I think Miranda Maverick's grappling can just negate Joan Robertson's where she keeps standing. Like I think if it goes down to the ground, I think Robertson probably is a better grappler or maybe she might be able to submit Miranda Maverick. But Miranda Maverick has never been submitted before. Like she has, uh, grapplers have been able to control her, but I think Maverick's takedown events is good enough. We're on the feed. She's a much better striker. She'll just kind of pick a person in Robertson. Like we've seen Robertson struggle against strikers like uh Macy Barber, where she knocked her out. Like uh Talia Sandos just kind of outstruck her and then led into the takedowns. It was just much stronger than her. I'll pick Miranda Maverick here by decision, but and I actually don't mind the odds. Like I think Miranda Maverick could be a lot higher of a, a favorite.
0: Man, I got to be honest, guys. I really like Maverick in this fight. This is a strong lean on my part here. Minus 140, I think there's significant value in her. I mean, I obviously could be wrong, but I, I like everything about her in this fight, man. I, I think this girl's a a stud. I think she's a total badass. I think she's going to be making a run for that belt. Um, I was super impressed by her debut against Liliana Jujua. She looked incredible in that fight. His striking was just pinpoint accurate. Uh, beat that girl up so bad, the doctor had to stop the fight, as we saw. She's actually won six straight fights, too. Um, Miranda Maverick some of her fights are missing if you look at certain records, but she has these, like, one-round fights in Invicta that aren't uh, counted at some places, if you look. So she's actually on a six-fight win streak, hasn't lost in uh, two years. And the girl she lost to, Deanna Bennett, she avenged that loss by uh, stoppage. So, um, you know, that fight against Pearl Gonzalez showed a lot, too, in my opinion. She can go 15 hard minutes. Uh, The Jujua fight, man, the the striking, and and it was just brutal. You know, you got to look at the fight from both sides of it, though. Jillian Robertson, there's no doubt about it. Her grappling is it's phenomenal offensively she can submit many fighters in this division as we've seen many times having said that Cole, i feel like she's someone that can break a little bit too and we've seen that a few times macy barber fight macy got on top of her and beat her up um tyla santos just took away her will she couldn't get the submission and, and broke and um and i i was i was really high on santos in that fight uh and santos i think was the dog there too so you know, at minus 140 odds, I, I like Maverick a lot here, guys. Um, we'll see. I mean, it's definitely not like a gimme by any means. That's why the odds are close. Robertson gets into the ground. She can get the submission. you have seen Maverick submitted before, but everything I've seen from Maverick, this girl to me could be a future champ. I'm telling you guys, like, there's a lot to like about her. Uh, you know, she's a farm girl. She's she's doing her PhD now. She's like an overachiever, in my opinion, and I like that about her, man. So, I'm going to go with uh, Maverick Cole and she'll probably be a play. I I really do like her in this fight. Um, Next up, we got... This one's interesting too, Cole. Give me your thoughts on this fight. Gabe Green against Phil Rowe at 170. And again, close odds. And right now we have Gabe Green minus 135, Phil Rowe plus 115. Give me your thoughts on this one, Cole.
1: I like Philip Rowe here actually quite a bit. I know he hasn't fought in quite a while since he beat Leon Shabazzian on the Katana series, who I think is a bit overrated. The thing I don't like about Philip Rowe is look who he's fought a four before Leon Shabazian, who I think has an inflated record, similar to what Philip Rowe is. He's fought four and five, one and two, oh and three, oh and one, one and one, oh and one, oh and oh, one and oh. Like he hasn't fought anyone good. This is the first like real guy's fought, but I'm still not too impressed with Gabe Green. I know we went to the decision against Danny Rodriguez on short notice. Rodriguez just kind of picked him apart. And then he he has fought uh he also knocked out Leon Shabazian too, which is kinda interesting. That was Shabazian's other loss. So they have a common opponent. For that, he's been knocked out in Bellator Jalen Turner and a guy named Randon Abafo on a California local see- uh, scene. But the reason I like Philip Rowe is, look at it, he's so much better than Gabe Green. Like, he has almost a 10-inch reach. I think it's nine and a half inches. I think that's going to come in a big factor. And I do think Philip Rowe will eventually be able to connect and either knock him out or maybe just a club at some where he drops some and then submits some. Philip Rowe does have a lot of submissions. I'm not too impressed with Gabe Green on the ground. I think Philip Rowe can eventually finish this fight, like second, third round. But it is a close fight, and the laugh does scare me. So I don't know if I'm going to bet Philip Rowe, but I do think he gets the job done.
0: Yeah, I just want to get these cards from the last fight. Sorry, guys, I missed them. Uh, Tyler says, Brandon Maverick's showing a lot of potential in the last few fights. I think she's going to win. Timothy Miller calling it now. Maverick starts Robinson. That's kind of how I'm thinking it goes, man. Daniel Edwards, it's all about how Maverick's ground game holds up. And Tyler earlier said that it's an underwhelming card, which means it's going to be awesome. Of course, that always happens. Like last week, I thought it was going to be a really good card. There was a lot of underwhelming fights. It is what it is. Okay. Um, let's talk about uh, this fight here. And, you know, Cole, I pretty much agree with everything you said, actually. For me, the number one thing that stands out is the reach advantage. Uh, according to UFC stats, it's seven inches. But I've watched Phil Rose fights on YouTube, and some of them listed his reach at 82 inches. So I don't know if it's eight or 82. But regardless, he has a massive reach advantage. You guys know I love that, man. I always like a guy with that kind of reach. And he's also five inches taller. He's a big dude, Cole. He's just a big guy. Um, The layoff is the number one concern for me. He hasn't fought in a year and a half. It's been a while. So that that does worry me, obviously. How can it not? Um, And Gabe Green, from what I've seen, he looks like very motivated in shape. He did a few interviews with uh, John Youngko, interviewed him, Cole, and a few other guys. So he looks like he's ready to go for this fight. And he did have one fight in the UFC, and he performed pretty well in a decision loss to Daniel Rodriguez. But... I think it's because he performed decently at losses that he's the favorite here. Because I I don't really see why he should be favored, Cole. Because when you have those moments, I'm always going to pick the other guy. You know, Gabe Green could win this fight. It's a light heavyweight fight, Cole. Like, we know – sorry, it's not a light heavyweight, excuse me. It's a walter weight fight. Anything can happen in this division. We've seen it time and time again, especially with guys, like, with this kind of power. And their chins aren't great. We've seen them both get finished. So it it could go either way. But I think there's enough advantages. With Roe, with the reach advantage, with the height, I have to pick this guy, Cole. So, I'll take I'll take Phil Roe. Uh, I think he was plus 100 when I looked. Uh, what are the odds right now? Phil row plus 115 now. Sorry, so it actually jumped overnight. I was looking at it last night, Cole plus 100. I, I didn't mind it then. Plus 115, definitely something to think about. Phil, Ty, Ty Warner, Phil Roe's reach is insane. He keeps his hands so low. His confidence great. He gets caught so easily. I agree with that too. Dan Weber's. Green makes it gritty, puts it on a row, close, not confident. Yeah, I mean it's an interesting fight. I just I like that reach advantage though. So he's definitely someone I'm looking at. It's just that he doesn't have a sample size in the UFC call, and that always worries me. And he hasn't he hasn't fought in two years. Again, that worries me. But that reach call, how do you how do you ignore that massive reach advantage? You can't. All right, next up we got Ricky Simone against Brian Kellerher. This is actually a featherweight fight. And right now, Ricky Simone, minus two fifty, Kelleher plus plus two ten. Cole, who's your pick?
1: I like Greggy Simone here. It just has a big reach advantage. And the thing is, I think this is going to be very similar to the Cody Stamen fight where Simone just kind of uses footwork, kind of picks apart Brian Kellher, and then mixes in the wrestling, just kind of control the fight. I think this, the odds are a bit off. I think it's closer than the odds suggest. Like, I don't think Kelher should be this big of an underdog. But the thing with Brian Keller's is, I think he's kind of that. I hate to say, but I think he's kind of a one-round fighter. Like, you look at his wins, it's all coming with wrestlers making a mistake keeping their head out and he submits him or he knocks him out like when it gets past that first round like he lost to cody saman lost to Montel jackson lost to john Littaker. like his last uh, fight he won outside the first round was hennenborough out in 2018 so i do kind of worry about what this guy's cardio is like rick simone just fought too so but he didn't take much damage but like so i don't know if that's a positive or a negative making this quick of a turnaround especially going from fight out and out of las vegas like all that travel and then having to cut weight again but I like Rick Simone here. I know the favor loss and Rob Font are still in the back of mind a lot of people. That I think if he were to fight favor again, I'd pick Rick Simone to win. I think it was just kind of he got he was over eager to fight him, got caught. Rob Font not a bad loss at all, but I think Simone just the wrestling and striking and wins a decision.
0: Yeah, I, you got to go with Simone. I think in this fight, uh, there's a few advantages. I mean, the reach too. He's got he's got a longer reach, three inches. I, I think he is. Just a more well-rounded guy, a little bit more defensively responsible, a little bit too. Like the defense numbers show that actually. Um, but the number one thing, Cole, that take stands out is obviously the takedowns. He's landing seven takedowns per 50 minutes. So this guy's a takedown machine. We saw the last fight, he gets you to the ground, he can finish you. Kelleher has been finished before. Um, does he get finished in this fight? I don't know. It could go either way, I think. Cole, I could either be a decision or a finish. Um, I do like Simone here, guys. But – how many times have we seen guys in this minus 250 range, Cole, go in there and blow it this year? So many times. So, yeah, it seems like kind of an easy pick, I guess, for a lot of people. I'm not, I'm not 100% confident in that. Now, again, I'm targeting more of the pick 'em type of fights on this card, guys. Uh, this fight, minus 250, I don't know. I mean, I do like him to win, but Kelleher's, you know, he's coming off a win. He's won three of his last four fights. Everyone's talking about Ode Osborne, how good he is, Cole. Kelleher beat him last year by finish. So, this guy is good. He, he can be really good at times, but he's a little too inconsistent, and he's finished a little bit too much for me. So I'll take Simone Cole, either decision or maybe a submission, but uh that's my lean. I just I don't know about the odds, man. All right, next up, we've got Pollyanna-Vienna against Mallory Martin. This is a close one too, guys. Mallory Martin, minus 155, Vienna, plus 135. Who's your pick, Cole?
1: I have to go with Mallory Martin. Just – it's, I keep on fading Paulina Vienna. I know her last fight I picked Emily Whitmire, but oh was two girls I love to fade. Like, Paulina Vienna, got outstrike or outstruck to Hannah Cyphers. I think Miley Martin is a lot better striker than Hannah Cyphers. I think if you lose to Hannah Cyphers, I pretty much have to fade you, but I wouldn't be surprised if Vienna gets down to the ground since Miley Martin. We've seen Martin have problems on the ground, but I think she's good enough to keep it standing and probably win a decision. I can't see her finishing Paulina Vienna. Her last fight, like, she did submit Hannah Cyphers. That was a rough first round. Like Hannah Cyphers rocked her. But I, I like how Martin bounced back from that because a lot of girls would have just kind of faltered there. But, and then submitted it to Verna Jenrova I don't really think that's a bad loss. I think is on the borderline the top 15 where I don't think either of these girls are. Pauline and Vienna just... It's basically... She needs to get down to the ground and try to submit her. If it stays standing, Martin's going to pick her apart. And I think Martin's takedown defense is good enough to keep it standing. So I'll pick Martin by decision, but this is a fight I'm staying away from just because I don't have any confidence in either, girl.
0: I don't know how you can have any confidence in Mallory Martin after that last fight, guys. Like, wow. You know, she was getting lit up by Hannah Cyphers Cool, She got dropped by Hannah Cyphers. Hannah Cyphers is, I think she's, what, one in five in the UFC or something? Like, that was a terrible performance. She did win the fight. She came back and won. I like that. I mean, she's come from a great camp, great coaching, everything like that. She's seemed pretty tough in that fight, the fact that she came back. So she's mentally tough. But the fact she got dropped like that really freaks me out, man. I got to be honest. Uh, Vienna is not an, a great fighter by any means. She doesn't have a good record in the UFC. But she is dangerous in the first round. So that is a worry here, Cole. I think she could win this fight in the first round. She actually has a knockout win over Amanda Rebus. I've seen that fight. She knocked her out cold in the first round to win the Jungle Fight Championship. Since she's come to the UFC, she's been a bust. I'd say you know two and three record is not great, but the two wins were by first round stoppage. I thought about this fight a lot, honestly. There's there's reasons to like both girls in this fight. Um, Vienna has that four inch reach advantage. You guys know I love that. Ultimately, though, I do think that um, her takedown defense and lack of it, uh, her, her, her takedown defense isn't great. If she gets taken down, I think Martin can either wrestle her or or maybe get a submission. So that's what I'm gonna pick. It is not a confident pick though. I don't think you should play this fight i could see this fight going either way let me get some uh, comments here oh sorry guys i missed the last one fight uh timothy says simone should win easily yeah you should win but again it sounds sounds easy right but it's mma anything can happen power warder i'm really high on mallory martin especially if she can keep improving i think she wins this one pretty easily if she can keep off her back i think that cypher's fight's an outlier could have been I mean, it was octagon shock too in that first round but again she got dropped by cyphers man that's scary Daniel says Vienna Martin stays in the feet. Vienna does have a knock win over Revis, and Martin got dropped heavy, so be careful. Yep, I agree with that. Timothy's picking Martin too, so we're we're gonna pick Martin here. But I think we're a little bit hesitant. Cole, are you confident or, or not as confident? No, there's no NBA in the yeah. fight.
1: That is a pure. Just watch it. No, I I don't even have yeah. confidence to bet an underdog in that fight.
0: I'm I'm with you, man. Like I am pretty much 100 percent with you. You know, and again, I think Vienna could win. I'll think about this one a little bit more, but the research I did, I think Martin probably uses grappling wins, but we'll see. Okay, next up Diego Lima against Bilal Muhammad. This fight has been rebooked a few times, Cole. And right now we got Bilal, he's a big favorite, minus 345, Lima plus 285. You see a path to victory for the dog Lima here at all?
1: No, I don't really understand this fight. I, Diego Lima, like, I, look, he is on a winning streak, but look who he beat a uh, Chad Lapriz knockout and then split over Carmagee Luke Jumo. Like, I can't really put much confidence in beating Court McGee and Luke Jumo by split. And I still have questions about Diego Lima's chin. Like that's the reason why he got let go from the UFC. He was getting knocked out everywhere. He got knocked out in tight FC to Jason Jackson, went back on the ultimate fighter, then submitted against Jesse Taylor. Like I think when he gets these step up in competition, he loses. Blah Muhammad is just a much better striker than Diego Lima. I fully expect him to just kind of pick apart Diego Lima for three rounds. I'm not too confident Muhammad gets a finish. He's not known for those finishes. Like, you look at his, all his wins in the UFC are by uh, stop or by decision. Then he has the two where he submitted uh, Tech Shadow and uh, Ground Padded Augusta Montano. But other than that, it's all decision wins. Like, even on the regional scene, he's beating guys by decision. So I just think he's going to outstrike Diego Lima for three rounds and win a decision.
0: Yeah. You know, this is, uh, this fight seems easy too. I'll say that. You know, Lima has a lot of problems in this game. We've seen that, you know, his chin is not great, although Muhammad is not a striker by any means, but Lima has been finished quite a few times in the UFC. Overall in the UFC, he's 4-5, so it's a losing record. And the wins, quite frankly, have not been that impressive. The Jumo fight was a terrible fight. Uh, the Priest fight was his good win. That was a great win. That was in Toronto, Cole. You were at that card, I think, too. Knocked him out in the first round. So that was a big win. He was like a big underdog there. But all those losses, man, you know, and he's lost to guys – just like this, many times, like Jesse Taylor, guys that can wrestle you. And Muhammad's super tough, too. And I think he's a better striker, too. Now, the thing is, Muhammad's actually got some disadvantage in this fight. He's shorter, three inches less in height and in reach. So that is a little bit scary because Lima does have that power. And, you know, Muhammad, he's been KO'd before. So mm-hmm. it could happen. But I think overall, he's the much busier fighter. He is the better grappler, Cole. I think he's got the better cardio. I'd say is the better chin, too. He has most of the advantage in this fight. I just don't know if it's as much of a shoe in as I originally thought. Because when this fight was first announced a few months ago, I was like, man, what? this fight makes no sense. This is an easy walk in the park for Muhammad. But the more I looked into it, it's it's a little bit closer than it actually seems. I still have to go with Muhammad, though, Cole. I'll take him by decision. I think he wins by wrestling. But I don't know if I can bet him <laughs> at minus 350, Cole. I don't think so, man. That's that's pretty high. You'd like it for a bet, call or no?
1: It is a bit high. Like Maybe it's just a parlay piece, like a two-fight parlay, because I have clouds in that way, but I, I do think the odds are a bit too
0: high, though. Yeah, and I, if people do play parlays, I mean, the next guy, I think a lot of people would put in a parlay as well. Rodolfo Vieira takes on Anthony Hernandez here, Cole. Uh, Vieira is a big favorite in this fight, Call He is right now minus 400, Hernandez plus 325. I gotta be honest, I almost feel like it's uh could be higher. I feel like he could be like minus eight hundred in this fight, Cole. That's my thought. I think this guy's phenomenal. Give me your thoughts on this fight.
1: I think the odds are way too high. I think...
0: Oh, really? Wow. Okay. I'm the opposite. Okay. Go ahead.
1: I think Rodolfo Vieira is a guy that's submission or bust. Like we saw in his last fight, he was getting picked apart on the feet to Safarov, who I don't think is very good at all. Like that fight, if Safarov could have survived that first down, that fight was getting stopped because of Vieira's high. Like Anthony Hernandez, I think, has good takedown defense where if it stays standing, I think he's just going to pick apart Rodolfo Vieira. I will go Rodolfo Vieira. I think he can't get down and submit him, but there's no way I'm betting this fight. Like, I think really a way to bet this fight is just the under one and a half because so I think if Hernandez wins, it's gonna knock him out. If Vieira wins, I think it's gonna be a submission. I don't really see this fight ending out of the first, like getting out of the first round. But just the thing is, like Anthony Hernandez, his last fight, he was a pick up against Kevin Holland. Like that's how much people think of Anthony Hernandez. Now he's a minus four, or a massive underdog to Rodolfo Vieira. If Rodolfo Vieira and Kevin Holland fought holland would be the favorite so i don't really see why the odds are this way i think Vieira, he's obviously a good grappler but i think there's ways to beat him where on the feet he's i think he's gonna get picked apart but i don't think it's this fight that he loses but i'll take a dog shot on him eventually because people just are so high on him
0: right Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not as high on Hernandez as you are, Cole. i got to be honest. I haven't been too impressed with him uh, in the UFC. To be fair to him, he lost to Holland, which, I mean, that's not a bad loss. But, you know, he lost to Perez by stoppage. Perez is the guy that was – he was begging the UFC to cover, like, a few days ago. So that's that's not a good loss, um, to say the least. And he got stopped by submission in that fight. How can I ignore that? You can't. Vieira is one of the best submission guys in this division, Cole. Like, he is phenomenal on the ground. He's about as good as it gets on the ground. I, I'm with you, man. It does seem like he's one of those submission or bust guys, and I am curious to see if Hernandez could stop the, the takedowns and keep the fight standing, what Vieira's striking looks like. But I think he gets the takedown, man. And I know that Hernandez is actually a strong takedown defense, 85%. It's very good. Um, so I think he's got decent uh, grappling in general. But Vieira is – he's just elite, Cole. Like, he's – He'll, he's going to do everything it takes to get the fight to the ground. Um, he will he will do everything he can to get this fight to the mat where he can sink in a choke, and that's how I think he finishes this fight. be Either rear naked choke or arm triangle choke, which is how he seems to finish his fights, or maybe the anacondas like Perez caught him with. But I do like Vieira. Obviously, I'm not going on a limb there. He's minus 400. So, you know, these are the type of fights I'm trying to stay away from, especially this year. There's been a lot of upsets so far. We've all seen that. Every week there's upsets now. Like crazy, and you know, maybe this is not the smartest play, but I do think he wins. So I don't know. I'll I'll be looking at a call. What's inside the distance here? Uh, oh wow, minus two forty. It's brutal. There's no value in that at all, you know, because um, it could go the distance possibly. Either way, I, I like Vera. It's Just the numbers high. Okay. Next up, we got a. Oh, where is this? Went too far ahead. Okay. Next up, we got a lightweight belt between Bobby Green and Jim Miller. This was added like two weeks ago. It's pretty recent. Uh, Right now, we got Bobby Green minus 260, Jim Miller plus 220. Cole, give me your pick.
1: Yeah, I think you could do a, a, speaking of parlays, I think a two fight parlor is just a Bobby Green, Balaam Muhammad. I like Bobby Green in this fight. I like Jim Miller a lot. He's a really nice guy, but I think Jim Miller, at this point of his career, is basically a first round submission or he gasses out. And Bobby Green's someone that doesn't really get submitted. Like, I think his last submission loss, I think I was looking, was. Joe Lazon like or, yeah or Dan Lazon it was a while ago I like he hasn't been submitted in forever like this guy is a decision king I think a good way to lawyer this is just Bob Green by decision Jim Miller doesn't really he hasn't gotten finished lately like obviously the when he lost his past two have been Vince Michelle and Scott Holton by decision and then look at his wins it's just first round submissions like that's how this guy wins his last what his last four wins are all by submission in the first round I think once that first round ends i think bob green is going to kind of control this fight pick apart jim miller for the next two rounds like i wouldn't be surprised if we saw uh 29 28 bobby green just jim miller using the grappling when the first round bobby green just i think Bobby green's smart enough to know that jim miller is probably going to gas out especially on short notice and Bobby green i think he's just going to take over second third round just pick him apart and win a decision
0: yeah again you know these type of fights in this like minus 250 260 range these are the type of fights that keep losing this year and there's been so many examples of that it's it's unbelievable and and you know this fight was booked on really short notice it's kind of a weird fight and bobby green I, I think is the better mma fighter overall because to me like this he's definitely got an advantage in the striking especially in the pure boxing like no doubt about it and he's got decent wrestling but man like he has some bad performances at times cool like even the last fight against moises he was like minus 300 and he crapped the kind in that fight. I know that the numbers kind of pointing should have winning, should have won that fight, but it was a very competitive fight. It should have been less competitive based on the odds. Mm-hmm. So we've also seen him, you know, be finished a few times. He drops his hands quite often. Cool. We saw that against uh, Poirier. Jim Miller, when he fought Poirier, actually had tons of success in that fight with the low kicks. That would be interesting to see if Miller goes back to that calf kick in this fight. You know, he's probably gonna jump for a gilly in the first round, Cole. If I had to guess, <laughs> he'll try for it. But you know, Bobby Green's got a pretty good grappler. He has been finished. I think Tim Mean submitted him like 10 years ago, so he's been stopped before, but overall a good grappler. Overall, I think he probably sprawls and brawls his way to win here. But you know, Cole, I'm not as confident as you in him. Uh, and Jim Miller is a guy. Cole, how many times has he won as an underdog? Like all mm-hmm. the time. So many times. So yes, I will take Bobby Green by decision, guys. What's the, what's the prop on that, actually? I don't see him finishing Jim Miller. Do you, Cole? No. Green by decision. Plus, minus 120. That's not bad. That's yeah. not too bad. Because I, I don't think he finishes Jim Miller. If Jim wins, it's probably by, by guillotine in the first round. bad would guess, guys. He hasn't won a decision in five years. What does Jim Miller first round sub like? I lo- take a look at that. Let me answer some questions here. I'm going to get to you in a sec. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, Tim says it's going to be a dope fight. Two aging fighters just came up an underdog win. Kyler says, "I hate Bobby Green. You never betting on Bobby Green. You never know what you're gonna get. It's true. I love Bobby Green though. We're we're actually like kind of like buddies. So we're gonna say cool.
1: I don't understand this at all. So Miller Miller wins in round one is plus eight seventy five, but Miller first round submission is plus six seventy five. So different book,
0: different book, or
1: yeah, because the one book that has round one doesn't have submission."
0: You could hedge, if you're going to bet on Green, you could hedge with Miller by first round finish because I think that's the only way he win this fight.
1: 875, though, that's not too bad. I thought it would – That's at how all. Miller wins his first – I don't think he gets Bobby Green out of there, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did. It's not bad at all. Let me take those comments.
0: Daniel says, don't be surprised if Miller retires. No, I don't think so, bro. Cole talked to him. He wants to – Dude, he fought at UFC 100. He fought at UFC 200. Now he talked to Cole, I think, and the other day, and he, talk, he wants to fight at UFC 300.
1: He said that's his retirement fight, is the FC
0: 300. So he still got it, like two or three more years, and honestly, I don't think he's not. He's a guy they'd never cut. He's got like he would, Cole, they would give him like five losses in a row before they cut him. I think, by yeah. the way, I was, I was looking at Hector Lombard's record yesterday. When we were doing the show, he had six losses in a row before they cut him. Go ahead, Cole,
1: yeah, that like. Jim Miller is one of those guys like he's passing um, Donald Cerrone for most UFC appearances. Like this guy is a future Hall of Famer. I forgot exactly what it is, but he passes. I think it's five and a half hours or six and a half hours of cage time. That, like I think he needs seven minutes in there. And it's either five and a half or six and a half hours he passes on. But
0: yeah, it, it, by the it, way, I, I just want to get Dan- Sorry, Daniel. He said retired in the stool. My apologies, man.
1: I don't think he does like.
0: I don't think has he ever quit in a fight. I don't think so.
1: Vince Michelle was beating him up pretty good. And he still went out there for this, and he was even saying to his corner, "I have no gas." And he was. You know like, what,
0: though, it could be one of those fights where Bobby just lights him up with the boxing. I wouldn't be surprised. He just like punches him like uh, re- repeatedly with the jab and busts his face up. It's possible. I don't see him quitting, but a doctor could stop the fight, as we saw last week with Justin James. Okay, this troll is here in the chat. His name is Babel Fan. His name is Marcel. Says so this is Jim Miller once he wants to see Miller Guida. And he says, never mind. We already saw that. Good job, Marcel. Marcel says, I'm still looking if I can spot TJ Dillashaw poster on Cole's walls. It's not as his walls. It's actually on his ceiling above his bed.
1: <laughs> I'm yeah, just kidding. Yeah.
0: But it, you missed it, Marcel. We talked about it at the beginning of the show. Go back and watch it. You missed
1: it. <laughs> I just checked. It's like eight minutes and like 15 seconds. For go back, back to like it, Marcel.
0: I gave him the, the floor already. I wanted to give Cole that respect. Okay, Cole. Let's go to the main car here, man we got five fights left, guys. Bear with us. Let's go through it. Now, this fight between Julian Marquez and Mac Muttolo, it's going to be a good fight. I, I think there's a good chance it ends in a stoppage goal. But, you know, to me, like, this is not a main card fight. Uh, you know, it's a good fight. It should be fun. I guess that's why it's opening the main card. But th- this is the kind of fight that is a preliminary. it just shows that this card was lacking that one extra fight to really push over the top. But either way, we got Julian Marquez against Patolo, and right Marquez is a pretty decent favorite. Minus 165, plus 145 for Mackie. Uh, Give me your thoughts on this one, Cole. I actually disagree
1: with you. This is that perfect main card fight. You look at most main cards, you throw kind of one of these fights that's guaranteed to finish. I think this is this fight. I think Marcus knocks Patolo out. Like, I know Marcus is coming off that long layoff where the split decision lost to Alessio to Chirico. A lot of people thought he won that fight. With Mackie Patolo, this is a guy I picked against, I think, in almost every single one of his UFC fights. Like, I'm not as high on him as a lot of people are. I think he's a very hittable guy, and I think he's a guy that can be finished. Like You look at his record, most of his losses are by stoppage, whether it's uh, submission or getting knocked out. Julian Marquez has a ton of power. You, like This is the guy that knocked out Phil Hawes, and we obviously see how good Phil Hawes looks. He's a, the guy that submitted Darren Stewart, who kind of just went out there and blasted through Marco Tull and submitted him. I wouldn't be surprised if Julian Marquez actually has a wrestling game plan for this fight because... I think on the feet, they're very similar. I wouldn't be surprised if Patolo could put Marquez out. I think Marquez probably hits a lot harder than Patolo, but I think a ground game is where Marquez has a huge advantage. I haven't been impressed with Patolo's ground game. I wouldn't be surprised if Marquez just shoots for a takedown and then submits him, but I think Marquez wants to just kind of get a big finish for the fans and just kind of remind everyone who he is. I think he knocks out Mark Patolo here.
0: Tyler Warner, Coconut Bombs, one of the best nicknames in the sport. I agree with that. I like him, man. Don't get me wrong. Like, I like Patolo. I actually thought I would pick him as a dogger Colt cult. But, man, like, he's just too defensively inept, man. And we saw that against Darren Stewart with that guillotine choke, which really surprised me. Because Marquez actually has some sneaky good submissions at times, too. Like, we, actually, he's the one. He choked out Stewart with, I think, the same choke or the front choke. So, very similar. Um, the guy was impressive on contender series. He's got power. I like it. I mean, he's got a good personality, man. He does that podcast with uh, Kendra lost and James is on that. I, I think he produces it for them. So, you know, he's, he's kind of a friend of our podcast in, in some ways too, but cool. I got too many questions about the guy for a bit. There's no way I can touch him here because he hasn't fought in like three years, man. There's no way, not three years. I shouldn't say two, almost three years. July, July, 2018? Yes. Almost three years. That is, that's a long layoff. And to be fair to him, he was supposed to fight last year and someone pulled out of the fight. It was a uh, Safarov who <laughs> we were talking about in the chat earlier, actually. So that worries me, man. I, I really have no idea how a guy can look after three years. My guess is he might look even better than ever because he's getting great training in. And it's not like he's been inactive from the community too. Like he's been involved with the community. He's been doing other things. So yeah, I expect him to win this fight, but I just think Patolo is that kind of live dog. and. Yes, he's looked pretty bad in the UFC, Cole, 1-3 record. It's not good. And he's lost as a favorite a few times, too. But, you know, he's got that nasty knockout power that can surprise you at times. And if Marquez shows any signs of ring rust in this fight and he comes in and he, and he starts off slow, Cole, I could see Patola going for that first-round finish. So my pick's going to be Marquez, guys. I also think the fight ends inside the distance. My bet for this fight, I, I, Cole, I actually like uh, the prop on the fight not going the distance. Because I would rather have that than a side in this fight, guys. I, I think there's a chance Patolo could get that finish as well. So my pick's going to be Marquez by stoppage. But because I think there's a chance Patolo could get one as well, I would rather pay five cents more and get the finish prop than a side. That's just my thoughts on this fight. Yeah. I I'm, oh, go, okay. ahead. go ahead. I was comments. looking
1: to The under two and a half is minus 130. Like, I don't mind that at all because I think this probably ends in the first or second. I Maybe I just... Pay the extra couple cents and get okay. the dozen end distance. Just oh my! Yeah.
0: You, well, obviously the limit's gonna be lower on the prop, but you know, many times I bet on a fight where I went under two and a half goal, and the finish happened in the last minute. So it's like whenever that happens, you're like, oh, it's brutal. Okay. Tyler says Marquez team to do what he did. He's good. Daniel says I expect Marquez to get dropped and come back. I'm gonna get this comment. Battle fan, great, I watched it guys, but Cole keeps saying, I think the UFC time is fine, we don't need to spread the word for the UFC, I want just your opinion, why TJ deserves it over Corey, not what UFC wants, think about it Cole, because I want to get to the other fights quickly, you can think about it, well maybe your answer if you have time, the likes over one and a half, that's interesting, I didn't even look at that, minus 165, that's interesting, I don't know man, because I think this. there's a good chance Cole this ends in, early in the first round I think, mm. but, but it could go to the second too, I don't even. Talk. I, I don't know, guys. In general, one and a half is a scary prop touch, but if in general, you probably want to go over it to the under. All right, next up, Pedro Munoz against Jimmy Rivera Cole in a away bout. This is a great fight as well. Uh, it's a rematch, actually. Rivera won a split decision like five years ago. Rivera minus one forty five, Munoz plus one twenty five. Who's your pick?
1: I like Jimmy Rivera in this fight. I think he's a lot better striking than what Pedro Munoz is. It's a, a rematch fight, but and. Rivera did win that first one with Pedro Munoz. Like I still have like I don't know how good he is. Like he's a guy that knocked out Cody Garbrandt, but oh, like how I don't really know how good that win is because Cody Garbrandt gets knocked out. Pretty much everyone he does have the win over Rob Font, which is obviously big. But when he gets those big stuff of competition, Asansau, Rivera, Dodson, Sterling, like he he's lost all of them. So I don't really know where he fits in this bandwagon. Same thing, Jim Rivera. This is a guy that entering that Marais fight. If he won that fight, he was getting a title shot. He has one over Thomas Almeida, Uriah Faber. He has a split over um, Munoz. He has the win over John Dodson. His last fight against Cody Stamen, I don't really put much too stock of that because they both took it on like, I think it was like nine days' notice. They had to fly to Fight Island. Like, it wasn't much of a performance from either guy, but I like Rivera on the feet a lot better. I think this fight stays standing. I think he's a much better striker than Pedro Munoz. And I think he just wins a decision, but this time a unanimous on.
0: I like this fight too. This was a, a fight I bet on last time I had Jimmy Rivera the first time they fought. He he edged it out. I thought it was going to be much like easier fight for him. You know, this is interesting because I would argue that Munoz of the two fighters has improved more. I think he has shown a lot in his last couple of fights. I, I definitely thought he would beat Frankie Edgar. You guys saw my tweet on the TV that night. I got a lot of hate for that, but I thought he won that fight for sure, Cool. I was surprised by that decision. Um, you know, the fight with, with Sterling was super competitive, but he lost that one clearly, but the Cody Garbrandt fight knocked him out, knocked out Caraway. I mean, this guy has been impressive. Like even the Munoz fight, go back to their, the John's fight, I should say that was impressive too. Like this guy is laying at a high rate. He's extremely active in his fights. He's far more active than Jimmy Rivera. But here's the problem though. A lot of the, the strikes he's throwing are, are kicks from distance. And I think they'd score points because I understand the kicks do damage, and I get that kicks are a huge part of me. I'm all like Cecil Peoples and these other refs, but I think – the judges, I should say. I think, you know, in that Frankie fight, it showed Frankie's punching him. He's kicking back. He's doing more damage, but Frankie was laying the punches. I think a lot of these judges, easier to see those punches coming. Of the two fighters in this fight, Jim Rivera is the better puncher, in my opinion. Long, straight, accurate punches. In fact, I think he dropped Peter – or Peter Yan, you know, he was out striking, and Peter Yan dropped him at the end of the round to win that fight. He was almost going to win that fight. against Peter Yan, who was a champ. So, Rivera is like just underneath that elite level because, for whatever reason, just he, he kind of chokes in these big fights. But a guy like Munoz, I think, Cole, I think this is like one of those fights that he should win because I do think he is the better striker. And I think he'll play out like that statement fight where he just kind of lays back, lands some big punches here and there. And his takedown defense, by the way, is outstanding 90, 92%, one of the best in the sport. So, Cole, Rivera by decision, but it is a competitive fight, man. It's It's close. And I expect the judges to get involved, which always scares me, guys. Yeah. I mean, do you know the judges are getting involved in this fight? You know, it's probably going to be uh, like a pretty high output bantamweight fight between two fast guys. How are the judges going to see that fight? So, you know, as far as betting on Rivera, I don't know. I have to think about it a lot more. I see some advantages enough for a pick, but for a bet, I'm not sure about. But yes, I will pick Rivera by decision. Get these comments quickly. Oh, it's about you and Cole, or <laughs> you and uh, Marcel. Cole's amazing man. Love to discuss these things, Passionate but just like Adam Cole. That's why we love Marcel. He says uh, he's relentless on him. Cole's just a drug test to prove on. PDs on the stream, though. Cole, take your, go get your cup and take a piss <laughs> test. We'll get the you saw tester to, to bust the podcast stream. Um, okay, we got, what, three fights left, guys? All right, let's get through them. Calvin Gaston against Ian Heinrich. Cole, Calvin Gaston minus 230, Ian Heinrich plus 190. What are your thoughts on this fight, Cole?
1: I love how people keep betting Kelvin Gaslam because I keep betting against anyone that's the underdog against Kelvin Gaslam. I am not high in Kelvin Gaslam at all. I don't think he's a top guy at all. I picked him in all three of his last fights and I wons some good money because he's always the favorite. He was the favorite against uh, Hermanson, a big favorite against Till, and then obviously Adesanya, he was a slight underdog, but I don't think he's that good. I think he's a weight. I don't know why he doesn't fight a welterweight. Like, he just doesn't care to cut weight and his big wins at middleweight are what? Bisping, who two weeks before that win fought GSP and got dropped and submitted. And then Jacques Souza split decision where a lot of people thought Jacques Ray won. And then Tim Kennedy, who he knocked out. And like he doesn't have a big win really at middleweight. And Ian Heinish, I know
0: he. He knocked out Vitor too, by the way. Yeah, the, which was. Uh, smoked which, weed. <laughs>
1: which, what, what's his big win then, Vitor or Tim Vitor, Kennedy? Or
0: yeah, you knocked out Tim Kennedy in Toronto. You beat the shit out of him. That was a crazy fight. Go ahead, Cole.
1: I like Ian Heinish here. I just think he's a better gr- wrestler. I think he I think Gasman's basically game plan is his whole game plan is just try to land that left hand and try to knock someone out. And Ian Hines has shown a very durable chin. Like I know he lost Derek Bronson and the Omari Medal, which does kind of put me off a bit. But I think with Hines is he switched camps, and we saw what happened when he switched camps. His first camp was that Short one, where he was the guy that everyone was so impressed that Homzat knocked out Jeremy in the first round. Like two months before that, Hines did the exact same thing. I think Hines just uses wrestling, uses striking, kind of just grinds out a, a decision. I was talking to him here. I he says he's gonna finish Gaslam. I'd be impressed if he finished Gaslam. Gaslam is very durable, but Gaslam's last fight just didn't look like he didn't want to be there. Like I don't know what it was. Like like I think hermanson I picked Ransom, but that was a winnable fight for Colin Gaslam. I, I'm not highing Gaslam at all. So I think Ian Hines wins here, and I'll take
0: the dog shot. Yeah, uh, I think this is a very competitive fight. Initially, like, blindly, I thought Gaslam. Then I looked into it, man. I'm actually going to go with you, Cole. I'm going to go with Ian Heinrich, too, for the dog pick, guys. I like Ian Heinrich in this fight. I think this fight's a pick fight, guys, honestly. Plus 190, that's that's worth a bet, for sure. Now, I think it'll probably be a half play, Cole, for me, just because, you know, yeah. Heinrich is a little bit inconsistent. But, Cole, are you kidding me? At plus 190? Like, why is Gaston that big of a figure, guys? He's on a three-fight losing skid. He hasn't been impressive in a long time, coming off a really quick loss to Jack Hermanson. He didn't do much in the fight with Till. Listen, he looked great against Adesanya. He almost, like, I wouldn't say he almost won the fight, but he was competitive. At the same time, though, you know, that he got knocked down four times. He took a beating in that fight. He hasn't been the same since then, Cole. How many times have we seen that throughout the years? There is no bigger fan than Kelvin, of Kelvin Gaston than me. I was the first guy on him. He fought Uriah Hall. Everyone liked Hall in that fight. I was the one saying, Ben on He's like plus 350. I loved him in that fight. And I've always liked him. And he's, he's lost a few fights he should have won along the way and, and vice versa, but I've always liked him. I just think this is a good spot to take a dog, uh, Amy Hinesh. Ian Heinish. Ian Heinish is a well-rounded solid fighter. Good cardio, good chin, Cole. Uh, decent wrestling as well. And we saw in the fight with Gerald Murchard, knockout power. Dude, after Kamzat knocked out Mirshar, everyone's like, this guy's the next champion. No one said that about Heinrich. Yeah. Well, I almost feel like that knockout was so forgotten about. And it looked outstanding in that fight. Go ahead.
1: And before that, before that, uh, Heinrich knocked out Mirshar, no one finished Gerald on Like, Mirscher yeah. was a guy that when he lost, he went to the distance. And then everyone was so impressed. Hamza, like, oh, no one finishes Gerald Mirshar. Look what Hamzat did. Heinrich did the same thing in yeah. like 20 more
0: seconds two months earlier. Yeah, again, you know, and he's a natural middleweight. Calvin Gaston's a, a, a chubby middleweight, basically. He could make l- welterweight if he really, really put his mind to it. But he's got some vices, man. And, I, dude, I mean, how, you can't fault the guy for having some vices, which we know about. There's nothing wrong with that. It's part of life. But I do think that, you know, the proof's in the pudding with this guy, Cole. He's not the same fighter he once was. He hasn't looked that good. I could be completely wrong. He could look amazing in this fight. He, he, still, he, he is younger in this fight, by the way, than Heinich, so I mean, he's still the younger guy, but you know, Cole, I, I have been pretty impressed with Ian lately, and even the fights he lost were very competitive fights, mm-hmm. so plus 190, I will take a shot on that, not a full play, but a half play. Battle I hate the cut here to you, Adam, I pick Gaskin as well, tough run. I'm glad to hear that, man, he looks so good in the show, he's finishing everyone on the ground. Daniel Weber says High has the edge on volume, I like that too, go ahead, Cole.
1: One quick thing. Would you be surprised Gaslam is this? He's one of those sixty guys let go. Four I, I, uh,
0: I mean he's they, probably been paid quite a bit of money too. Yeah. And you know what? Another guy is I much as I hate to say, I think over him Cole, he makes like what, four or five hundred thousand. Yeah. Same with um Orlovsky makes a couple hundred grand. Those are guys that they lose one fight, they get cut. So yeah. Uh Tyler says he completely agrees that with, well, without both of us, he's very low on Gaslam. I think he's overrated. That's why he's he's why is he ranked in the top ten? I mean, he really I think it's, he's based on the, the, the win over Bisping, who was the champ at the time, or before that was the champ, obviously. GSP beat him. And then the Jock Ray fight was the top 10 win at the time, but it was a close fight. Although I did like Assela in that fight. So, I mean, it's all matchup dependent, guys. In this matchup, I like Ian Heinish for a small bet at plus 190. There's value on him. Cole, we got 10 minutes. we got to hurry through the next two. Macy Barber against Alexa Grasso in the women's flyweight division. And right now we have uh, Grasso minus 140, Barber plus 120. you see some value in the dog? Or you like the favorite?
1: I just don't understand this matchup. I think Macy Barber and Alexa Grosso are two of the more promising prospects at women's flyweight, which desperately needs new talent. Like Shevchenko is just running through that top of the division. And the thing with Shevchenko is she wants to be so active that they need new contenders. And I don't really understand why they're putting these two against each other. Cause these two could easily stir together two, three wins. They're fighting for the title. And that's two new contenders for Shevchenko. But I like Macy Barber here. I don't know why she's the underdog. I think people are, uh, put off by that last fight but she tore ACL I was actually more impressed with than a lot of people in that last fight just because she tore ACL and didn't get finished a lot of people like she saw she couldn't even move like she was falling down when she tried to walk and I think Macy Barber's game plan kind of switched to this fight and I think she's just going to be a wrestling heavy game plan like you look at Alexa Grosso how she loses is to grapplers she doesn't have very good takedown events when she's down on the ground she doesn't really know what to do I think Barber's a lot better wrestler than what Grosso is. I think Grosso's the better striker. If Barber tries to strike with Alexa Grosso, she's probably going to lose a decision. But I think she's smart enough to wrestle. And I wouldn't even be surprised if she finishes Alexa Grosso, like a ground pound TKO or submission. But I don't think you have to go prop hunting on that just with Barber being the underdog. But I like Macy Barber in this fight.
0: Yeah, I pretty much agree with you on this one too, Cole. And you know, it's funny. Me and Cole, we don't give our picks to each other before the uh, before we do the show, we just wanted to go in blindly. But Cole had mentioned he had picked a few dogs, and I had I said I picked a couple as well. And it looks like Cole, we're gonna have the same dogs in this car, which is crazy to think about because you know all these fights, we have the exact same three dogs that we're picking here. And uh, this is another dog I'm gonna pick too, Macy Barber. I get, you know, I think this is a close fight. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Grasso could win. That's re. There's a reason why it's a pick 'em fight basically. But Barber at plus money, Cole. She was minus a thousand her last fight. She lost. She got destroyed. Then she goes and she's an underdog now. Uh, you know, I think people are writing her off a little bit too soon, Cole. I think we see this more in women's MMA too. I think like fans or betters are a little bit more critical of a loss. Like they just dump on these girls. Like Maria Agapova, she'll probably be an underdog in her next fight too. Watch. Because people think she sucks now. So I'm not convinced Barber is this horrible fighter after losing to Roxy. Listen, that loss surprised me as much as everyone. But she did get injured in that fight. And, you know… That was a good lesson learned, if anything. Like she went in there against a like a 40-fight veteran cole with like seven or eight fights. And she got dominated. And you know, if you had bet minus thousand on her, which was a terrible bet, anyway you look at it, you know, you lost your money, you're probably pissed at her, but she's a young fighter, goal well, She's 22 years old. You know, on the other side of the coin, Grasso has been, you know, really inconsistent. In UFC four and three. Not great. She did look good against Kim, though, at her flyweight debut. So that's interesting. I mean, maybe this is her weight class. Maybe flyweight is her weight class. Uh, but I can't ignore the fight with Esparza. She got taken down six times in that fight, Cole, and lost the decision. I think there's a bigger chance Barber would use the same kind of game plan here. So my pick's going to be Barber, and she's definitely someone I'm, I'm looking at as a play to at plus money. So I'll take a look at Barber. Um, I'd like to see how she looks in the weigh-ins and stuff as well. But everything I've heard, it she, you know, she's going to perform well in this fight, Cole. She's super confident in her skills, and we'll see what happens. I, I just honestly haven't been too impressed with Grasso. I think you know she hasn't really performed to the, the ability. She, but at 125, it could be diff- different. Uh, go, ahead, go ahead,
1: go ahead. With Barbara, when I talked to her too, because i asked her about, like, is the game plan to wrestle? She didn't even really answer, but she just kind of had, like, a little laugh and a smile. So I wouldn't be surprised if the first thing she does is shoot, like, literally, like, 10 seconds in.
0: Yeah, and then Tim says, Grasso's got this. Who's Barbara fought that was good as Esparza. Uh No one really... But, but I don't
1: think it really matters who she fought if you're losing them. If she's winning those fights, it's impressive. But I think Barbara would have lost to Asparza too. So I don't...
0: Really yeah, awesome. No, to be to be fair, I think that Grasso no doubt has had the better competition, yeah. fought the better competition, but I, I just think Barber's quite and, frankly the better MMA fighter. We'll see finishing
1: what Jillian Robertson in the first round is very impressive. No one finishes Jillian Robertson.
0: Okay, we got a few minutes left, guys. We're going to go through the uh, main event, but I do want to get these comments really quick. Tyler says the Pew bet minus thousand plays UFC are people who you don't listen to their picks on anything and happen in cage, dude. This is why I'm sticking to pick like them type fights, man fans the weirdest thing when you see people get several fires and they mess with the parlays. I mean you gambling yeah 100 percent only one who blames you dude especially when I used to be like a serious serious gambler like I never blamed the fighter Cole, it was always myself i I beat myself up you know i I'd, I'd, I'd go back and wonder what what a mistake I made in my research that led to that wrong decision you know I would never blame the fighter I blame the judges though I'll tell you that right now the judges <laughs> that's someone that better is always gonna blame for the rest of time. All right, Cole. We got a few minutes here. Give me your pick in the main event between Kamara Usman and Gilbert Burns. Usman minus two eighty. Gilbert Burns plus two forty. Go ahead, Cole.
1: Just really quickly, uh, I like Kamara Usman by decision here. I think Gilbert Burns. I think probably hits harder than Kamara Usman, but I think Usman's better striker, like more tactical, better volume, better cardio. And I don't think this fight really even goes to the ground. I think Usman's smart enough where he probably knows Gilbert Burns probably has it takes to submit him and his wrestling background will be able to just stop the takedowns, keep it standing. And I think Usman is going to be a lot stronger where I th- wouldn't be surprised. It's going to be similar to that miles at all fight where Usman just kind of holds him up against the cage, clenches uses those patented foot stomps and just kind of grinds out a decision. Like I think birds best path is probably just to get a, get a one punch try to knock him out. Or if it hits the ground to submit him. But other than that, I like Usman everywhere. I think he's a better striker. I think he's more tackle, more volume, better cardio. I think he just, outpaces Gilbert Burns for a decision
0: yeah I gotta be honest you know my initial thoughts looking at this line was it's kind of high and I still think it's a little bit high I gotta be honest Cole but you know I thought Burns was more of a live dog until I really looked at it and then I looked into this fight and it's like the more you look into Usman it's like the more impressed you become with this guy like I gotta be honest with you guys I have not had a great read on him lately I thought Colby was gonna beat him and that fight was close but he obviously knocked him out late and I thought Maswell had actually a chance in that fight. Um, but I did pick him against Woodley, so I, I do believe in his skills. And I know how good of a wrestler he is. And I know how good of a striker he's, he's turned into. I, I like him in this fight. You know, I, I think there's a lot of advantages here. You know, number one, cool, five-inch reach advantage. I love that. You guys know I love the reach. Five inches is great. Two inches of height. He is the natural welterweight. Burns used to fight at wel- uh, lightweight. He's looked great at welterweight. But overall, Usman is proving. Himself obviously way more at 170, 12 and 0 in the division. You can't bet against him anymore. Don't do it. It's like betting against GSP. It's not a good play. It's just not. It's not a winning play long term. When these guys like GSP, Habib, these guys are winning fighters. They just rarely lose. I know it's matchup dependent, but there's just there's not much like Oh Burns in this fight. Like Usman beats him everywhere. Cole. every number you look at the takedowns, the, the striking, uh, the reach, the height. Everything he beats him in every category. Now Burns obviously has looked incredible lately at 170 and you know maybe he really is this incredible welterweight and he goes in there and ko's usman in the first round i think that's the way he'd have to win Cole. i think he'd have to knock him out in the first round because over five rounds i don't really see him being able to win this fight by decision because i think usman's proven he has that cardio cold that goes five strong and he can wrestle the whole time you know like he can push you against the fence if he can't get the takedown and just beat you that way too like he did in as so Yes, I'm gonna go with Uspin here. I do think the odds are a little bit high though, I will say. I cap him more about like minus two hundred ish. But I can't I can't say there's not enough, you know, edges to him that you have to pick him here. I just at the same time, cool. If someone wanted to put a small bet at, at Burns a plus two four, if they really believed it in cool, I wouldn't hate that bet, you know what I mean? But me personally, I think I'm just gonna watch this fight, guys. I will say though, I think it goes with the full distance goal. Yep. I don't see a finish. I think it goes the distance. I think
1: it's a fight too. You can just bet the overs if you really. I, you, know. could,
0: you, you could. You could. I think that's something to look at. There's a few overs to look at. Um, just gonna get these comments quick. We got two minutes left. Tyler says when he loses, it's his fault. Dude, exactly. You got it, Kyler. Timothy, do you think Burns completely counters Usman style fighting? I feel like Burns does what Usman does, but better. The Woodley fight I was telling He is phenomenal, but I, I just and think –
1: Usman did the same thing to Woodley,
0: what Burns did. Yeah, I think – exactly. And I think Usman can just – if he can't get takedowns, cool. He can push him against the cage and just do that, like grind him there like he did to Masvidal. Tyler says Woodley hasn't wanted to be in the cage in three years or anything. I think that Woodley fight is overrated. Burns. I, I had Burns as like – I think he was plus like 180 maybe. I, I loved him in that fight, cool, but, you know. I think this is a different matchup and uh, his best bet is a surprise punch or submission attempt. That's the other thing. Uh, obviously, being on top of the submissions at all would be stupid not to. If the fight goes to the ground, which I think it does, of course he has a chance to submit, submit Usman. Usman has been tapped at once. I just don't see it happening. Anyways, that's it for today's show, guys. We've got like a minute left, so we're just going to plug our stuff. Uh, I'll be back on Thursday at 10 a.m. I'll, I'll try getting Marcel. I know you guys love him, so I'll try getting him on the show. Cole, you killed it, man. Appreciate you coming on, as always. It's crazy we had the same three dogs. I can't believe that. Let's, we'll see what happens. I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. Probably not too great, but I'm just kidding. Um, Cole, please plug yourself, and then we'll, uh, we'll get over here.
1: Yeah, Twitter, Actual 91 My show is live this week, which is a lot of people. Macy Barber, Ian Hinesh, Jim Miller, uh, Julian Marquez, Julian Robertson, Anthony Hernandez. Stories with all them. And then Fighter Pigs are the main event.
0: Yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter, at Martin. Podcasts maoddsbreaker.com. It's on our YouTube channel, iTunes, Spotify, Google podcasts, a lot of places. Hope you guys can uh, subscribe, share, listen, tell your friends about it. I hope you guys are, especially some of the newer listeners. I mean, we love having you guys. Uh, we had Timothy Miller here and uh, Babel fans. Say they're going to about to break news on Bellator uh, on the MMA DNA tour. So follow those guys, Tyler Greek. So thanks, man. Come back on Thursday, 10 a.m. I'll get you. Come on, Marcel. You can talk about uh, Bellator's news. I have heard they're going to announce some fights today uh, as you did Cole as well. Um, Anthony, a friend of mine, who's also, uh, Anthony Johnson's like, he's one of, part of his management team he confirmed they're going to announce his fight today. So, and you Romero too, Cole. So hopefully, uh, there's a tournament or something. All right, guys, be back Thursday 10 a.m. Bye.